When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Group A, Turkey. Today we're in Group A and we're talking Turkey. We're travelling all the way to Istanbul to speak to my old friend Mehmet Demishan. Mehmet is the former editor of Fanatic, the Turkish daily sports paper and website. It's a, a respected media institution in Turkey. Mehmet is a well-known figure in European football circles. He loves a selfie and his social media feeds are full of pictures of him with the great and the good of European football, including the current national coach of Turkey, Senor Gunesh. Senor Gunesh, of course, is the coach who guided Turkey to third place at the 2002 World Cup in South Korea. He's been back in the charge of the national team for a couple of years now, and he's led a revival which has seen Turkey qualify for the Euros once again. Now, Mehmet reported on that team that enjoyed such great success in 2002, and I think he's in a perfect position to analyse the current team and the changes that have taken place over the years because the, the lots happened to Turkey in recent years. There's now a core of exciting young players in the Turkey team, most of whom have come through at clubs outside of Turkey and not at the big Istanbul clubs who have traditionally dominated Turkish football. So that's not necessarily a good thing for the domestic game in Turkey, but it's good news for the national team. And Mehmet uh, has been close to all of this. He's close to the players and he's particularly close to the coaches and he's an interesting guy to speak to about all of this. So grab a glass of Raki or if you're in need of a bit of a boost, a Turkish coffee, stick your headphones in and find out all about Turkey and the national team with Mehmet Demirşah. Mehmet, Turkey have qualified for the Euros, but they've been some mixed results recently. A 3-3 draw with Germany, defeats to Hungary and Russia in, in the Nations League, uh, and relegation from, from the Nations League. So where are Turkey at the moment? Well, Gavin, uh, I think uh, it was a surprise for Turkey in a group with France and also Iceland to be that strong with the young team, because Mr. Gunesh, when he took in charge, he said that he would create a, a young, solid team that go out and play football and get results for many years. That was his plan. And uh, we saw that plan because uh, a lot of young players were adapted in the team. And uh, if, to be, if I have to be honest, you know, of course, we didn't expect that football both in the France games but you know when you see how uh, Turkey played against France in both games with that passion then you see the changes made by Şenol uh, Güneş the coach so he is he is trying to get a, a team for the future maybe an example like like Belgium did Belgium had poor results in the past but they say, hey, we are going to wait. 
we wait for the good team and we change the generation. So I think his plan is like that. And unfortunately, in the Nations League, uh, with some unlucky games, we didn't do our best. But that does not mean that this changing of the Turkish team will have some good results in the Euro finals. And I'm sure that Mr. Şenol Güneş, if he continues to do what he promised, that we will have a, a very good team in, in the near future. I can promise you that. Is it a good thing then for, for Turkey that the Euros have been delayed for a year? Does it give Gunesh, Senor yeah. Gunesh, a time to, to bring yes. these young players in and, and yes. develop them more? Yeah. Yes, because also, as you rem- well, I don't know if you know, but we, uh, we had a lot of also uh, injuries with some key players like Demirel, who plays for Juventus. He's the player that, that most people in Turkey trust as a as a as a key team member you know who plays with passion you know and who was star of both France games you know France look at the attack of France and this guy stood like a you know like Jose Mourinho's wall up front on the uh, Goal, goalkeeper and also the goal. So, you know, when you look, yeah, we had a luck that that the Euros were delayed and now Mr. Gunesh, who disappointed, of course, with the Nations Cup, can maybe recover and also with his team get some good results in Euro finals. Yeah. And he's the coach is one of these. I mean, he's one of the, the coaches in Turkey with the biggest reputations, isn't he? Along with Fatih Tarim, those guys, those two guys, I guess, are the guys, yes, with the, you know, the two, the two biggest reputations and his reputation is all based on the, the 2002 world cup. Yeah. So do people, do people trust him even when they've been defeats in, in the nation's league? Yes. You know, he has a lot of credits like Fatih Tarim. Channel Gunesh has a lot of credits. His main idea as a coach is that he makes young players better. You know, when you're playing under Channel Gunesh, you know that you will succeed in the future because he's teaching you good football. And I give you a secret, you know, he was a teacher himself as a young Channel uh, Gunesh. You know, he played professional football as a goalkeeper he was a goalkeeper at Trabzon in the past but he was also a teacher at school so he knows how to teach young people and that's an advantage because a lot of young players coming up and uh, a lot of players who can be world stars in the future and uh, you know so I am uh, very positive about Chanel Gunesh gathering this young team to a, a good uh, Euro. In the qualifiers, Turkey only conceded three goals, which is the best performance in a, in a qualifying campaign. Yes. All of those goals came from set pieces, I think. No goals in open play. Yes. Uh, uh, including the 2-0 the victory over France. A very defensive team, very hard to break down. Is, is that something that will, will stay the same at the, in the tournament? Or do you think he'll develop the team a bit more and have a bit more of an attacking mindset? Gavin, you know that uh, qualifiers and um, and final 
are, you know, very different tournaments. You know, you have maybe three games to play and then you're out or you can go straight to the finals or something in the second round. What I can assure you is Chanel Gunej never liked to play defensive football. That's not his uh, attitude. When you look at his uh, past as a coach, you know, also people remember 2002, Turkey was the team with the most attractive football. And up front, people who were, you know, crazy about attacking and scoring goals or creating goal chances. And when you look uh, three, four years back, Şenol Güneş coached also Beşiktaş and won a couple of championships and also was the man in Turkish football history who were, you know, in the Champions League group winners, okay? And you cannot be group winners in the Champions League if you only think about defensive football and, you know, we'll see with defense and we'll see if we score one goal. So he's not a man who likes to defend. He's a, he, he likes attracting football. But this group, you know, with France was surprise for everyone. You know, nobody thought Turkey is going to concede three goals and then group winners and then go uh, to the final. Nobody thought that. No, and, and a tough group with Iceland as well, because Iceland are a difficult team, a physical yes, team. Yes. And Turkey yes, managed yes. to cope with them quite well. Well, yeah. As we know, Iceland was not the Iceland in the past when Fatih Terim and his players played in the qualifiers. But if you see Iceland, France and so on, Chenel Gunesh did very well. Yeah. We have to give him credit. I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the tactics and the options open to, to Chenel Gunesh. First, let's take a quick break. Right. Back talking with me about Turkey. Mehmet, we talked a little bit about the defensive style in, in the uh, qualifiers and how that might develop in the tournament a little bit and the tournament could be different. The preferred formation is a 4-2-3-1 formation for Turkey. Is that is that fair to say? A, definitely a back four and then yeah. two defensive midfielders, some attackers and then one central striker. Is that correct? Yeah, in the midfield, we have creative players. You said, you mentioned about the three creative midfielders, you know, and I think that is the strength of the Turkish team. Those creative three players like Hakan Çalhanoğlu, who plays for uh, Milan, AC Milan, Cengiz Ündar, and of course, uh, when you have a good defense and when you have a creative uh, midfield, then you are, you know, uh, halfway, you know, and then we got to score goals and I think, you know, Turkey will not have problems scoring goals. I think Turkey could have some problems at the back with personal mistakes, not as a team, because our, you know, our biggest problem in Turkish football is we make some tactical, personal mistakes and concede goals. Otherwise, when we play as a team, concentrating, then we have no problem. We talked about the younger players, and uh, Demiral at, at, at Juventus, Saglar, Soyuncu at Leicester. Leicester they, yeah. they would be the first choice centre-backs, would they? But it, they're, very, they're very young to be a partnership. Yes. yes, yes, they are very young, but 
they did well in the uh, qualifiers, uh, not maybe in the Nations League, but they have also experience in European football, playing for big teams. You know, you know, a lot of young players are jealous of Charles Arsene because playing in the Premier League and being in the team of the year as a defender is not easy. And also, Demiral came back very strongly because he had an injury. And now he's again normally when you look when you have to be fair, he's first choice because he plays the, the game with passion. He's a killer. He's a killer. He's you know he, he's first choice, Charler first choice. And then I think Channel Gunesh will put their names first and then make the team around them. And and in midfield, Oz, Ozan Tufan of Fenerbahce is the sort of defensive midfielder. Is that defensive fair? midfielder? I mean, another guy, another young player as well. Although he's got a lot more experience. Experience at the big club, you know. Yeah. Actually, people ex- expect a lot of uh, good things of Ozan Tufan because he is a very talented player. When you look, you know, he is he is very talented. He can, you know, he's actually the brain. But sometimes, you know, sometimes people criticize him because he's a little bit overweight, you know. He's a very strong player and he, you know, he, he plays with his brain. So I think when he's in good shape and also it depends also what will happen with his own team in the league, you know, because he plays for Fenerbahce. If he wins the champion, then he goes to the Euro as a king, you know, and then he will, he will be more concentrated on the game, on the, on the tournament. So I have uh, a lot of expectations with uh, Ozan Tuvan, yes. And, and, and we talked about the strikers. You say that there shouldn't be a problem with goals, but Burak Yilmaz, the captain and, and first-choice yes. striker, he's 35 now, Yeah. and Schenk Tosun isn't playing at Everton. So is there a, is there a worry about that strike force, that they're, 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 not, they're too old and they're not, uh, they're not playing regularly at the moment? Is that a, no. a concern? I don't think so because we have also another big star coming up also playing in the French League, Yusuf. To be honest, I know Chanel Gunesh for almost 20 years. Uh, I covered the World Cup in 2002. I don't think Burak will, his, will be his first choice. Mm. Okay. Maybe he will be the pinch hitter, you know. You, you call him like that, huh? Last 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I think he will start normally with a uh, with a good shape, Jank Tosun. And then on the midfield, we have choices like Hakan Chalonolu, Cengiz Ündar, Yusuf Yazıcı, you know? Yeah. That's an amazing yeah. uh, attacking midfield. I think that's the way he will play. That's my opinion. And what about young players who you think could come into the team, surprise players who might come in who've not yet played for Turkey? Are there, is there anyone you think should be in the squad? I don't think, Gavin, there will be you know, young players who never played for Turkey because I think uh, Şenol Güneş gathered his squad during the Nations Cup. So he has, uh, in his mind, I think, a group of maybe 30, 32 players won't be any surprises, I think. No. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the players who are playing abroad at the moment. First, let's take uh, another break. Right, back talking with Mehmet about Turkey. One of the things about this Turkey 
team at the moment, Mehmet, is there are a lot of players playing abroad. The most recent squad in November 2020 had 14 players who were with foreign clubs compared to the Euro 2016 squad, which only had five players based yes. abroad. Is that a change in Turkish football? That the, is it the local clubs are not producing the young talent anymore? The big Istanbul clubs are not producing the big talent? Or, or is it just that the foreign teams are, are, are picking up Turkish players uh, more often? No, I think, uh, you know, we have a problem in youth development. That's for sure. Everybody is uh, talking about that. Big teams who in the past produced some young, talented players. But now, uh, because of the foreign rule, everybody is going for foreign players. And the reason that many young players are now playing abroad is the young Turkish talented players are now more brave, you know. In the past, they were a little bit scared, you know. Can I play there? What will happen if I will not be in the squad? How can I uh, survive in England? How can I survive in Germany? How can I survive in Italy? Because we have a very interesting culture, you know, we care more about our, let's say, friends, family. We can, you know, not be long without our family and friends. So that was a problem when players like Tugaybu, for example, in the past, went to England and he said, I'm going to I'm gonna fight and I'm going to play here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for my right and I'll go from Rangers to Blackburn and then I will be one of the players in Premier League that people will not forget. That was one or two examples. But now young players are more brave. They say, hey, the youth development in Turkey is not as it has to be. I can learn more in Germany. I can learn more in England. If I'm not, not playing, then I have to fight for my place. And then we see a lot of young players taking the example of players like Tugay, like Nihat Kahveci, like Hakan Şükür, you know. And now mm. they're saying, hey, we can do it. We can do it. Because yeah. also Demiral, you know, waited a long time before he was a first choice he fought for his right huh? and he went he went to portugal to to sport first yeah yes. and and then to to Sassuolo in in italy before he went to juventus saglar and and Cengiz played in the second tier at a team called altin nordor yeah altin nordor yes Altenordo. they're a really interesting team aren't they because they're they seem to they're based in izmir is that right and and they're That's they right. seem to be putting the focus on youth development almost like the, in Spain, where the, the Real Sociedad and Athletic Bilbao have Basque players, yes. they seem to want to have local players. Is, is that a new movement in Turkey? I tell you, uh, it's not a new move. It's, this team produces young, talented players for almost uh, 10 years, you know? It began with Cengiz Ünder. But recently I read something about the president, I think, that was very interesting because the president said, they are now playing in the second league, huh? not in the Turkish Premier League. So in the second, so he said we could easily, you know, if we want, we could easily play, you know, go promote to the Turkish Premier. But that's not what we want. We want first 
have a good youth development, you know, a better, a better one, you know, 100%, you know, and then we are planning to play in the Turkish Premier League, you know. Mm. So now they are, they are thinking we, are, we have not still uh, made our plans 100%. They produce, but they want more. They, have, they want a, a very strong team build up. And then, you know, they will say we are ready for the Premier League and then they will promote very easily. And do they feel yeah. they could be successful? Because it, there's been a quite a lot of change in recent years in the top division with Basaksa here yes. winning the title. Um, a, yes. a club with not many fans compared to, to Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. Is, is that something that's been different in recent times, the, the change that the, the Istanbul clubs are not as successful? The problem with the Istanbul team was financially. And while the Istanbul teams financially fought with bringing in star players, a team like Başakşehir, you know, mm. took the advantage and a good, you know, board with good board members. And of course, a little bit of chance, you know, luck. And they, you know, they, they, they said, you know, hey, we can also be one of the big teams in Istanbul. And uh, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to uh, have 30 million fans if you want to win the Super League. Uh, so there was a, a little bit luck and also a little bit of taking advantage of the chaos yeah. of the other Istanbul teams. Yeah, because, because the, the big clubs don't seem to be signing that many big name players anymore. Although anymore. Re- recently, anymore. Yeah. Mesut Ozil has moved from Arsenal to Fenerbahce. That seems to be going against the, the, the trend of big name, no big name signings. How was you, you've spent time with him? How was? Yeah, I can. How's it I been can with tell him? you the details about that. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, he's coming free as a free agent, also in January. Okay. Mm. Secondly, he's going to play for Fenerbahce. He's going to play for free six months. Six months free. Fenerbahce <laughs> is not going to pay any money till January, because. He, you know, covered that uh, cost due to the contract of Mesut with Arsenal. And then a TV magnet called Ajun Ilijali. I think you know him from Survivor. You know, he's a TV magnet and also a Fenerbahce fan. He sponsored this uh, transfer. He said, okay, Fenerbahce has financial problems also with the UEFA okay they can pay some amount and I will pay the rest so he was sponsored for the rest of the money and he also lately he took over one Eredivisie team in Holland Fortuna Sittard he is a co-owner of Fortuna Sittard and he is crazy about Fenerbahce and he's the guy behind this transfer. And, and how do people see Mesut Ozil? Because obviously he played international football for Germany. And yet here he is in Turkey. How do people feel towards him? Is there affection towards Ozil uh, as, a, well, as a 
German German international. Kevin, you know the the fanatic football fans in Turkey. I think if you ask Galatasaray fans what they feel about this transfer, they say, "Hey, this guy chosen Germany, and now he's coming back to Turkey. He cannot be successful, and uh, we don't like him." But if you ask Fenerbahce fans, they love him, and they 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 say, "Hey." This guy chose for Germany, but he won the World Cup with them and never uh, sang the uh, the anthem with Germany. So he's a real Turkish guy yeah. with Turkish parents. So yeah. a little, you know, a, a bit of mixed feelings yeah. about Mesut, but no one argues about his quality. Yeah, yeah, that's important because now he has to uh, give some uh, football lesson. While he's playing for Fenerbahce, I hope he will be successful. Mesut played for Germany along with Emre Can. There's a there's a, a, a quite a tradition now for quite a few years of of players growing up in Germany and in Holland. In, in Germany, they, they they are the the gastarbeiter, aren't they? The children of the gastarbeiter, the guest workers, and it's a it's a phenomenon in in, yeah. in Germany. Uh, is that still important for the national team that that you have these players who are based around Europe? Um, who've grown up outside of Turkey. Do they well, do they come together and feel part of the team? Well, you know, it's about their the player's character, you know. If he has a good personal character, he can, you know, he, he won't have any problem. But if you look at the squad now, my friend, mm. then you see that there are not much as in the past players from Germany. I think uh, Hakan uh, is from Germany, Hakan Chalonolu, you know. Mm. And uh, maybe one or two more, but that's it. But, you know, when you look at the past, there were more. Mm. So now I think uh, young players in Turkey, they see the chance that they say, hey, why will Mr. Şenol Güneş search for young players in Germany while he can take them over here in Turkey? So a lot of more young players are working more hard, working more brave to be part of the Turkish national team. And and just finally, Mehmet, what's your prediction for the summer? Because Turkey are in a group uh, with Italy, Wales and Switzerland. Uh, what's the feeling about that draw and that group? You, you must be pretty confident of getting out of that group. Yes. You know, personally, I am confident. But unluckily, our first game is with Italy. So that's, you know, <laughs> that could be a problem because... We, we, we have a saying in Turkey, you go how you start, you know? So if you if you start with a loss, Gavin, and then, unfortunate, the second game, you have one point, you know, a draw, and then last game against Wales or Switzerland, then you, you know, unlucky, you're out. But I think I uh, trust more in our coach with his experience. I think he will be more carefully playing those games, especially the Italy game. And I think we will be uh, quite uh, confident coming out of the group. But uh, it won't surprise me, Kevin, because I've seen a lot of him football in history. It won't surprise me if we are out in the first round. Yeah. And it won't be a surprise for me if we play a semi-final or a final. Really, yeah. Very, very, very uh, openly, I say this. Mehmet, it's great to speak to you and 
hopefully one day we can meet up again in Istanbul. I've always enjoyed your hospitality in Istanbul and hopefully uh, we can do that again in, in the future. Thanks so much. Okay, Gavin. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you liked it and you want to find out more, there's a new podcast with a different journalist from every single country competing in this summer's European Championship. You can find them all wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you know whenever I release a new episode. And you can find out more great sports podcasts on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Just head to sport-social.co.uk. Gavin Hamilton's Euro Road Trip. Follow and subscribe now so you never miss an episode. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.